Welcome to Dark Mode, the podcast that brings you sage advice from two technology experts. And that's not just what we call ourselves, it's what our moms tell people we are when they lose the keys to the electric Apple car. I'm your host, Luke Miani. And I'm your host, Noah Rubin. On this show, we take questions from listeners, attempt to answer them to varying degrees of success, and maybe even have a laugh or two along the way. So today's main topic, as Luke hinted to at the beginning, is going to be cars, electric cars, and the Apple car, and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. But before we get into that, I wanted to talk for a couple minutes about the Wordle clone uh, debacle that's been going on uh, for the past couple of days, because I thought it was a really interesting uh, uh, topic that came up, and it ties into some things that we've talked about in the past regarding like the App Store. So I think, Luke, you said... Uh, maybe you heard a little bit about this, but you weren't super familiar. Is that right? Yeah, I I honestly don't know anything about this. I saw on Twitter people posting memes about it, but I'm always so late that I didn't I, – I was like, what What the heck? What does that mean? So, yeah, I'm, I'm flying blind here. All right. Well, let me uh, – I can uh, explain it a little bit. I also originally saw it on Twitter, and then I was kind of watching the, the whole drama unfold. So, have you heard of the game Wordle before? I've heard of it. I don't think I've played it. Okay, I've never played it, and I only heard of it because of this whole debacle. I hadn't heard about it before this, but it's this, uh, it's some sort of like a word-based, like a word game um, that some guy made, and he puts it, he puts it up on his website, and it's, you know, free, ad-free uh, website kind of thing and people on Twitter seem to be obsessed with it if you see there's like um, the Twitter post with like the the square the colorful square emojis that's like all the wordle things yeah. I honestly don't know how the game works exactly but it has to do with like guessing letters or something like that um, but anyways yeah that that meme that surface level was about as as much mm-hmm. as I knew about it <laughs> yeah I don't I don't I've never played the game before but uh, the thing that was going on, was someone made a, a an app version of the game because the original developer who made this game it's a mobile optimized website and he you know never made an app for it and that was never his intention to make an app for it but this other guy uh you know made an app which people have been calling a ripoff and uh mm. published it on the app store i think he named it like wordle the app i think that was the name of the app and um interesting first of all there was the 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 debate the the original developer of the game doesn't have like a trademark of the name wordle so you know technically it wasn't like a you know copyright infringement to name it like that but you could easily argue it was misleading but the main thing that people didn't like was there was a 30 dollar a year in-app purchase or like subscription in this wordle clone that would let you, I think, play more rounds of the game or something like that. And so that was the big the big thing going on was like, you know, stealing uh, the, the app uh, or like stealing the idea, trying to profit off of this thing that's, uh, you know, going big. And then, of course, you know, the big $30 um, in-app uh, purchase. And so people were like flaming this developer on, on Twitter and he responded and he wasn't exactly... 
very nice in the way that uh, he responded to it, but it was just this whole thing going on. And I just thought it was really interesting, um, you know, related to the app store and like, you know, all the clones and like these fake apps that show up on the app store. Um, and so I just thought it'd be interesting to, to talk about for a couple minutes. Do you remember when everyone and their uncle did that with Flappy Bird? Mm-hmm. Yep. Flappy Bird got... That was such a weird... Like, that was another thing. I'm always so late to these, like, app drama things that unfold on Twitter. Mm-hmm. But that one... That one was... That one was pretty funny, I have to admit. Because it was so stupid. And everyone... I feel like everyone knew it was so stupid. Yeah, I mean, that, the the premise is obviously, you know, pretty silly, but uh but I that's actually I didn't even think about the comparisons because that was both, you know, a case where the original developer released the game and I think it was free in both cases and I I don't know if there was any profit in the in the um in the Flappy Bird game, but that's and then there were all the clones that that came out and and did that. So that's, I didn't even think about that comparison, but it was pretty pretty similar. So apparently, um, Chad is saying that Apple removed the clones from the App Store. Yeah, or at least I guess they got the obvious ones. Yeah, I was gonna um, mention that after I, uh, you know, after we talked for a couple minutes. But yes, Apple ended up removing uh, this guy's app, the guy that everyone was flaming, and I think there were some other uh, some other apps as well um that ended up getting removed by apple but you know they were allowed on in the first place and they were there for you know some amount of time and that guy made the guy made a pretty good amount of money off of that in-app purchase and i'm not sure if he gets to keep it after the app got removed but uh but apple is pretty late to the, to the I game think here so i think i feel like if your app gets removed they probably don't revoke all your earnings yeah i don't know if like if it because I think it was a subscription kind of thing. I'm not sure if you paid the thirty dollars up front or like I don't I know how do. exactly it worked. But like if I you think pay... when you start the subscription, you pay it, and that starts your billing cycle. But they can't. Apple can't like because if they take the app down, and like people can't access the thing that they paid for, they can't let that happen. Interesting. I, I don't see know. what you're saying. Because they probably don't pay out right away. They probably pay at the end of the month or something. Maybe they did, you know, he, he might not have gotten paid after all. Yeah, I'm not sure what the result was. I, I mean, obviously his, you know, reputation definitely took a hit because a lot of a lot of people were, you know, flaming on this guy and he, he didn't respond to it very well but uh but it's just i don't know it's just really interesting that like yes apple did remove the clones but those clones were you know allowed on there uh you know for quite a while which i don't know you can get into this debate about you know if the the original guy really owned the app or not or if he owned the uh the idea or not but Hmm. i guess the fact that apple removed them means that there was some violation that the people, you know, that these developers did, so they shouldn't have been allowed on yeah. in the first place, right? I guess it's a matter of, like... Because you're right. It, it was a similar thing with Flappy Bird when people started knocking it off. It's like, okay, how many people... Like, can you claim ownership of a game where you tap on a falling object to increase its height and go through pipes? Like, regardless right. of if it's a bird or a pig and the pipes could be buildings. Like you could, 
I mean, the pipes themselves were ripped off from Mario Kart, so... Or, uh, not Mario Kart, Mario. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, that's what those were. Those were rip-offs. But the game yeah. wasn't a rip-off. But then people ripped it off. I, I mean, mean I, don't, I don't necessarily think that any game is wholly, you know, unique. Definitely. I, I, I don't think, like, YouTube videos games movies any piece of media is rooted in someone saw something and went oh that gives me an idea like uh, nobody is just sitting around in a void generating content from nothing like that's just not how it works but the difference is when you're literally just taking that exact thing ripping it off and saying all right time to make a buck i feel like that's kind of scummy yeah, because like you could you could argue that like Flappy Bird is in a long line of it's basically an endless runner. It's instead of running, it's you know flapping or whatever. But like think about yeah. like like Cannibal, that classic like grayscale where the guy's running on the buildings. That was like a classic mm-hmm. Flash game, and it's pretty. I mean, it's you know a little bit different, but like yes, exactly what you said. You can argue that there's you know you you everything is inspired by something else. But I think in this particular case, naming it like Wordle the app. And like mm. clearly, and like like clearly, you know, ripping that off uh, with the the exact name, and then putting what some might call like a predatory or like an overly much like subscription, like thirty dollars a year. Maybe it's worth it for some people. I don't know exactly how the billing terms worked, but like, I don't know. There is definitely something. You know what that shady tells there. me? What that is really int- so thirty dollars a year is proof that that's a cash grab because $30 a year is low enough that you're like oh I'm just gonna pay it and then forget about it Mm -hmm. but that's the goal yeah I don't even think that that if you're setting up something for $30 a year what you're saying is I want $30 from you if you if you price that like what is that per month that's like a dollar two and two two fifty a month yeah so if you if you price something at 250 a month, it's the same thing theoretically, but for 250 a month you want people to continuously use it for $30 a year, you're hoping to just make one round go viral, collect your 30 bucks from everyone and then you're done with it. Who cares? If they cancel their subscription immediately, doesn't matter. You got your 30 bucks. That's all you came for. It's not a it's not something that you're trying to do long term. You're just trying to get it right up front. And heck, if you can get some people to pay for it and forget about it, and then a year from now they pay you again merely because it's been 12 months and 365 days and they don't remember, <laughs> yeah. then that's a nice added bonus. Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right because the guy basically – the developer basically confirmed it because he, when he was like trying to defend himself on Twitter, one of the things he said was like, uh, he's basically like, I never make an app unless it has a subscription in it because that's where the money comes from. He's like, I never, like, if I ever publish an app, Whoa. it always has a subscription in it because people, that's where the money comes in. And like, you know, the free trial thing where like you get the free trial and then it automatically starts a subscription. Like, that's yep. basically what he's like, that's where the money comes from. Those are I, I think that those free trials that automatically start billing you are dangerously close to being illegal. 
like, think they, they definitely should right exist. up on the edge there. They should not be legal, and they are right at the very, very edge of the law. Oh, yeah. They they definitely shouldn't exist. And also, Apple, if Apple really wants to play, like, the good guy and being so pro-consumer and, like, their app store being such, like, a great place for consumers, don't let – like, just don't do it. Just mm-hmm. don't do the auto-renewing things. It's, yeah. Just don't do it. They try to have it both ways. That's the thing that bothers me about Apple's app store approach is they say, like, oh, you need us to protect you with our mm-hmm. closed-walled garden. But then – they have all this nonsense that they're it's like it's so obvious that the money is the motivation because Mm -hmm. if it was really about protection they wouldn't allow this kind of nonsense to be on it and it's so transparent to anyone who looks at it for two seconds yeah it's this like wordle thing is like the latest in a very long line of issues with the app store like this with like clone apps there's a whole thing with like fake reviews i've seen some like fascinating articles and research into that like fake five-star reviews to pump the apps up like these predatory um uh free trials like so much so much bad stuff on there and chat pointed out here apple kind of does that too when they offer free apple arcade uh or apple tv for a limited time when you purchase one of their products I would so I would say you're definitely right. Apple they didn't do it quite as bad because I feel like the scummiest ones are the seven day free trials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's really a negligible amount of content, um, and and it's really just designed to trap you into a billing cycle, even if it's only one. Like if you're if you're signing up for a seven day trial, then you're really not making a big commitment to it. With with Apple services, I mean, at least the Apple TV was a year. Yeah, and then they extended is, it too. Yeah, and that is that's that's providing value. I feel like a year yeah. free trial. Th- okay, I'll I'll do that, and then if you know, thirteen months later, I see I got billed five dollars and I cancel it. I I think I've done okay in that exchange if I paid $5 for 13 months of Apple TV Plus. Even if I didn't use it very much. I only watched Ted Lasso in like two movies. Oh, and Mythic Quest. Yeah. Mythic Quest was good. Um, That was good. I also – I just got – I tweeted about this yesterday actually. I got an App Store notification saying your new device includes Apple Arcade. I got that device after I signed in on a nine-year-old MacBook Pro. Interesting. I I bought six of the new M1 Pro MacBook Pros in October. Didn't get that notification once. Really? Think how many Apple products I've bought, actually. I've bought a lot of Apple products since Apple Arcade came out and never got that pop-up until now. That's weird. Uh, Yeah, that is weird. And it was on such an old computer. Do you think when the Apple Car comes out, they'll have a free trial to, like, Apple Car Plus? I hope so. Imagine starting paying for that out of the the gate. See, that's... I think that's... See, I joke about, like, Apple making a subscription or, like, an app store with the car... But if you think about it, if Apple is going to make a car, which, by the way, 
I, I don't know. I'm skeptical about Apple making a car, or at least making it in like our lifetimes, my yeah. YouTube channel's lifetime, however long that is. Do you think it's gonna happen? I think that the the thing that I see happening would be Apple partners with some like automotive company and makes a car with them that's like Apple branded with the Apple infotainment mm. system. But like is Apple really gonna build the entire car? Like they have the money to hire the people to do it, but like is that really what they want to be doing? I I don't know. Yeah, I mean I guess you could argue that Apple is richer than any car company so theoretically if anyone wanted to throw money at a problem it would be apple but i don't think they i mean cars aren't a huge margin Mm -hmm. it people aren't making large margins on cars and apple loves their margins so if they're going to be making all if they're not not just going to be making the car but also making all the tooling and custom design which i feel like they'd be inclined to do you know that the whole idea of like them going to volkswagen and saying hey you guys want to work with us and make a car apple car that whole thing it kind of gives me itunes phone energy Mm. and i don't see it working out very well yeah i don't like the apple car would be First of all, by far their most expensive product, but it would be like in a completely different realm than everything else. Like I get that there's, you know, the technology in the car, but like a car, that's like in a completely mm. different realm than like phones and, and laptops. I don't know. And also this car, I'm certain would be extremely heavily biased towards those with iPhones. I would even wonder if it would be fully operable without an iPhone. Like, you know how an Apple Watch is kind of... I guess some people do use them with Android phones, but, like, realistically, you're going to buy it with an iPhone. Don't you need an iPhone to set up the Apple Watch, though? I know... Maybe? All I know is that some people do actually use Apple Watches with Androids. But I think those people probably also have access to an iPhone, even if they don't daily it. Yeah. But, like, what if you what if you need an iPhone? Like, okay, let's say the whatever system this Apple car would run would probably be CarPlay-esque, right? CarPlay extended. Yeah. And they would probably have it on the like the the dashboard gauges as well. Mm-hmm. That makes me okay. Here's so let me pitch this to you, Noah. Okay. I think Apple shouldn't bother making a car. I think they should make a car OS. Because. Mm-hmm. I think everyone loves CarPlay. Yeah. I love CarPlay. I use it. You can't use it yet, but we'll get to that in a sec. Yeah. But what Apple needs to do is make the whole thing. Or or at least make CarPlay 
broader than it is. I feel like the way that CarPlay is implemented now is missing some potential. Mm -hmm. Mainly, the number of cars that have digital gauge clusters. I would absolutely love if I could have two CarPlay screens open. Mm Because my car has... Well, I, I have three screens, but one of them is a climate control, so it's not really something that would change. But I have, like, the center screen, and then I have the gauge. It's the Audi virtual cockpit, so it's a big old... It actually runs an NVIDIA chip, so maybe Apple wouldn't put anything on it. <laughs> um, it's an NVIDIA Tegra. That's what Audi uses for their virtual cockpit. It's tremendously fast. It's very good. It would certainly be enough for CarPlay. Could you imagine if you could have, like, Apple Maps on your gauges where you could follow the line, have that super clear, and have, you know, Spotify or Apple Music or whatever on the center screen? Mm-hmm. Oh, that is peak. That's exactly what I would want. Yeah, and getting into, I guess we can get into my situation a little bit because it's very similar yes. to what you're describing. The only difference mm-hmm. is that you swap CarPlay uh, for Android. So um, I recently uh, started a lease on a Polestar 2. It's the the uh, the 2022 model. And this car, the infotainment system, and there's a lot of things we can talk about with this car. It's a fully electric car, lots of interesting things. Uh, but relevant to right now is that it runs, uh, it's an infotainment system that runs on Android Automotive. So there's a difference. It's not Android Auto. Android Auto is the app-powered experience. So if you have an Android phone with the Android Auto app and you plug it into your your dashboard and it works like uh, CarPlay. Uh, But Android Automotive is the entire system. So the whole system, the digital uh, gauge cluster, the touchscreen, everything is powered by Android Automotive, which is like 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 a real... Uh, version of Android, a full fat version of Android with apps and everything. Yeah, it has the Play Store, doesn't it? It has a. It has the Play Store. The apps you can download are very not limited. all apps though. It's very yeah. limited because they're optimized for the screen. But it is the Play Store, and you sign with your Google account and everything. It's you know it's legit Android. But the thing that's interesting is, I mean, it only just came out. Like mm-hmm. the Polestar Two, as far as I'm aware is the first car that started shipping with it and it's not the last though right um so i actually just drove with my dad looking for a new car for my mom the volvo xc60 recharge now now polestar is volvo to all intents and purposes Mm -hmm. if you buy a polestar it comes out of a volvo dealer so it's it's sort of it's it's not even like, um, you know, Honda has Acura, Toyota has Lexus, it's not e- or Hyundai has Genesis. It's not even you know that that much of a split off. It's very very tight, and the but the Polestar two was on Android Automotive. They've now switched over. All the new Volvo models are getting it as well. So the XC sixty that I drove had Android Automotive. And my impression was a little mixed, if I'm honest. I agree with you um, there, but I want to hear your opinion first. So, well, first of all, there's a slight... Volvo is a little confusing right now because Polestar is either an entire company or a trim level. 
because I drove a Volvo XC60 Polestar, but the Polestar is a wheel package, basically. Really? Which, yeah. Huh. Polestar's been around for about a decade, even. It used to be the performance trim level on their, like, higher-end trims back in the day. Hmm. Like, even before... They got bought by Geely, which is a Chinese car company that bought them in 2015, threw a bunch of money at them and said, hey, make some good cars. And they said, okay, let's do that. So then, since then, uh, the Polestar continued to be essentially like um, Audi's S, BMW's M, Mercedes's AMG. It was kind of that, but now it's its own thing, and it sort of signifies EV but it doesn't have to because then the other thing that's confusing is it's a Volvo XC60 recharge. Recharge means either a plug-in hybrid or a pure electric vehicle. Interesting. How confusing is that? Well, the Polestar 1 was a hybrid as well. Yes, but not a recharge. Because Recharge is Volvo, but Volvo is Polestar, but Polestar is not Volvo. So Recharge, no, it's tremendously confusing. Apple would actually love it very much. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. (laughs) It definitely has that energy. Um, But, so, okay, well, let's, as I've I've got up here, this is, this is, isn't this the color of the Polestar that you got? Midnight? I can't tell if that's the midnight or like the black one, but it looks like the midnight. On one. my screen, it looks blue. Okay, then yeah, I think it is. It's a great color. Oh yeah, so go. here here's what the Android Automotive screen looks like, and I think it was better implemented in the Polestar Two because I drove one of those as well, and had a positive impression of it. In the Volvo XC60 Recharge, which is a plug-in hybrid. It was a little basic. It seemed lacking. They removed the physical drive mode selector, and that bothered me because you have to do everything through the settings icon, which is a tiny little gear in the bottom right corner, mm-hmm. and that's how you go. And, and that's a very important thing because the whole feature of the XC60 recharge that I drove is that it's a hybrid car, right? So it has an electric motor at the back and a four-cylinder ICE engine at the front. That's a, I realize now that that's redundant. Internal combustion engine engine at the front. Yeah. <laughs> but because it has an 18-kilowatt battery pack, which sort of sits in the transmission tunnel in the middle of the car, good for weight distribution, by the way, it can actually run up to 78 miles an hour for about 20 miles on electric only without using the engine, Hmm. which is interesting. So it gets you a combined, you know, with electric range, with very, you know, it's 150 horsepower electric motor, so it's got enough juice for driving around. You got a combined 57 MPG. I like all of that. That's all very nice. It's compelling. What I didn't like was that I think they removed the drive selector. This particular car didn't have navigation installed, 
So the whole middle part of the gauges was empty. Mm-hmm. Mm. Like, doesn't your your Polestar Two is pretty well specced? So yeah. it has the navigation map in the middle. Yeah, it does. So the screen, the the cockpit screen in front of me is, uh, the whole screen has a map, and then in the bottom left and bottom right are the like speed and battery and that kind of stuff. But it's most of the screen is covered by the map. Let's see if we can see that in our picture here. That, Maybe they'll have a picture of the gauges. Yeah, that picture did not. Oh, yeah. oh here we go. Let's look and see if we can find. So, yeah. There you go. Here yep. it is. So, And it's running Google Maps, which I really like. The fact that you can just use Google Maps um, straight off the bat instead of the terrible navigation system that manufacturers develop. Mm-hmm. I'm glad we're finally getting to this point because this is where we should be. Yeah. And I should mention that Honda, I think maybe Nissan, even Audi, I think, are all like a bunch of companies are are rolling this out. They're they're embracing it. So I think that this is going to catch on. But I think this is our next step towards making cars make more sense Mm -hmm. would you agree i agree because it's it's really like when the when your car like the big thing with like with especially with apple with all these tech companies like you know apple google whatever is like the ecosystem and you know for a long time cars have sort of been you know separate from the ecosystem and there have been uh you know stop gaps there is you know bluetooth obviously for a long time that let you bring some features of your phone into the car and you know it's gotten a little better and then you know mm-hmm. carplay and android automotive are are sort of like direct ways to to say take this phone that's part of your ecosystem plug it into your car and then your car can you know temporarily be part of your ecosystem but this is like the next step where this uh you know that your car actually is in your ecosystem and it's signed into your account exactly. and it has your apps on it and everything and that's that's the next step i i definitely agree i think if apple came out with an equivalent i feel i feel like the fact that they haven't developed that is a disadvantage because i mean the way that it shapes up now is if you're a company like volvo that's embraced android automotive if you're in the android ecosystem that's a big feature for you Mm -hmm. now it's it granted a lot of the feature set that's available to it they did a good job of not locking out Apple users. Like CarPlay is coming mm-hmm. via over-the-air updates, which is another added feature of, you know, an Android-based system. You can just update it over the air. You don't have to go in and have some mechanic charge you $180 in labor to put in an SD card. Yeah, but I, I we have to we have to talk about you know that's the system that we want in the cars. We have to talk about EVs, Noah. Mm-hmm. Because you beat me to it, I was gonna. I was. I was waiting one more lease cycle. I thought that you were gonna. I. I, I was surprised to see that you made the decision to go for it. That's totally fair. It's been how long has it been since you took delivery of your Polestar Two? About a little over two weeks. Let's say two and a half weeks. So how has it been? 
what's your two week experience in the EV life for the first time ever? Yeah, that's a great question. Just for a little bit of reference before this, my first car was a 2011 Chevy Cruze. That was a classic. And then uh, the one after that was the, uh, the Mazda CX five, which, which Luke also had as well. Um, we, we both had, had we had almost the same identical car. yeah you had the heated steering wheel heads up display and heated yeah. rear seats that i didn't have but apart from that we had the exact same car i got mine yeah. first though so i was i was the trendsetter that <laughs> is well that's true because you kind of convinced me to get because i was still looking at sedans at that point and you convinced me to get a bigger car which ended up being really good for like moving for college in dc and all that stuff so i'll give you that and ironically i've now gone back to sedans and you've sort of half gone back to sedans because the polestar 2 is it's because it's hard to describe whoop i've accidentally deleted you okay you're back (laughs) if we go back to how it looks like if you have never seen a polestar 2 in person like this side profile is almost like mind bending because mm-hmm. it looks like a sedan, but it's it's kind of halfway between a sedan and a compact SUV. Yeah, it's really that's like the thing that threw me off when I was first looking at this car, and I remember I was like talking to you about it that it looks it looks like a really big sedan or like something about the proportions are off that was the first thing that that caught me with it yeah and and it's it's because it's like big but not in like a size way because the Mm -hmm. footprint of the car is quite small when you see one it's a small car yeah but it's tall Mm -hmm. yeah it's 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 definitely an interesting look and also the first thing i'll say for my two weeks is um as far as the size goes, as far I guess as far as like practically speaking, um, I would yeah. say it's much more of a sedan than an SUV. Mm. And I, and um, and so I'll say like you know there's a pretty good amount of trunk space and um, and you know it's a hatchback uh, trunk, so that's you know that's pretty good. Um, but like for example, so the trunk, the the trunk in the front of the car is very small, and the reason they said the reason why it's so small is because. Uh, of safety there's some like safety stuff in the front of the car or maybe like bigger beam i don't know how cars work but like they were focusing yeah. much more on the safety and so they made the frunk very small in the front i don't know if you know more about that yeah the a little bit they basically because it's an electric car uh the the polestar 2 shares its chassis design with the volvo xc40 which also has an electric version now um, with more or less the same powertrain. But because it's an electrified version, it's a lot heavier. And part of the crumple zone is having an engine up there to absorb impacts. So when you remove the engine and then add weight further back in the car um, on a modified platform that necessitates essentially you know, reinforcing that front part because otherwise it would just crumple up. If Like if it's if all it was was an empty place for you to put your backpack and you've got all these batteries behind you, you're going to squish up that front part so fast in a crash. So they, they, they strengthened it to make it safer. 
but it's worth noting that the Tesla Model 3 and the Model Y are just as safe with a much bigger frunk because they were designed to be EVs in the first place. So that's a trade-off that they did have to make there. But you said it was large enough for you to fit your bike in the back? I was able to fit my bike because when I went to pick up the car, I biked, I think it was like 13 miles or something, it's whatever. But like I biked to the Polestar dealer, which was in a mall in, uh, in San Jose. So I biked there and then I put my bike in the back of the car and uh and went back and i will say it was a pretty it was a tight fit to uh to get my bike in the back of the car definitely tighter than like the mazda cx5 i guess i shouldn't say that because i never tried this particular bike in the mazda Mm -hmm. cx5 but i would say that it was probably uh a tighter fit Uh, but that's one of the reasons why i went for uh the tow hitch which they still need to add um but then i'm going to put a bike rack on there so that i can take multiple bikes on the back of my car yeah that's i feel like that would kind of solve your problem because apart from the bike i think i mean the polestar 3 actually had a similar dimension boot space or trunk space to uh the cx5 is or the cx5 is a little bigger um, but like when you fold the seats down, the length, the width is pretty close. You know, what's interesting actually what? is, so when I drove a Polestar two with my dad, who has an Audi Q three, which is a compact SUV mm-hmm. and you'd think, Oh, larger. It wasn't the trunk space. I mean, not height wise, because obviously you have a, a sedan it's kind of like a fastback with a, a, a lift gate that opens from the top of the window, which is great. You probably couldn't get a bike in otherwise. But the uh, the Polestar is actually a slightly wider and deeper than the Q3. Hmm. Interesting. Um, you know what was very interesting, though? My car, a sedan, an Audi A6, was massively... Like, it was almost 10 inches deeper when you fold the seats down, measuring from, like, the trunk to the back seats. It was almost 10 inches deeper. Uh, It was even, uh, like, 5 inches deeper than the CX-5, and it was wider than the CX-5, too. Hmm. But you wouldn't know because it's a sedan, so I don't know. I feel like a lot of SUVs... um, not the Polestar. I think the Polestar has a pretty good combination, but I think a lot of SUVs have an illusion of practicality when in reality they're just shaped differently. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. That's Especially the, the compact ones. So while you could make the argument that the Polestar 3 is kind of like – someone said it was a crossover. It's not really a crossover because a crossover is more like – hatchback to suv this is more of like a sedan hatchback suv it's it's weird yeah but i think they did a pretty good job with it and it drove fantastically like the handling the suspension the seats they nailed it they really did yeah, the drive experience is really nice. One thing uh, that I like about 
that I notice about the electric is like the instant like you put down the uh, the accelerator and the car will like jolt forward, and then it, it oh, takes yeah. it'll take a little you know it, it's so this car is um four point five seconds uh, zero to sixty. But when you Which put, is really fast. It's it's fa- and it's the car has that's really fast. It has over four hundred horsepower, and I think mm-hmm. I, I think that's per engine because it has two engines in it, and I think no, it's combined. Because they okay, they said two. Okay, so it's combined. Um, but the interesting thing is uh, apparently they're going to release a paid software update that bumps the horsepower up from I think it's like four hundred eight, and they're bumping up to like four hundred sixty something. Oh, you have to year. do that. Yeah, apparently they're doing. Are you gonna get that? that? I mean, I have to see what uh, what difference it is, but it seems pretty interesting. That sounds really fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know what was interesting actually is so the the Volvo XC60 Recharge, which mm-hmm. is the the plug-in hybrid, also has 408 horsepower. Must be the same uh, engine then, right? But, but it's 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 not electric; it's a hybrid. They have mm. one electric motor and one gas engine. And interestingly, they, I suspect, intentionally got the same exact horsepower figure. And as a result of that, it's it, I mean, the thing looks like like a mom mobile, but. It, it's fast. Let me let me see if I can pull up a picture of what it looks like. Cause like the Polestar looks like an like like a fun, pretty fast car. Yeah. Oh, whoops! I've gone to the wrong website. Hang on a second. But the <laughs> the XC60 looks extremely normal. It looks like an car. <laughs> yeah. And so like here 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 it is. This is this is the Volvo XC60 Recharge. Huh. It looks like any other perfectly normal SUV. There you could see the um, Android Automotive. Mm-hmm. It looks very normal, but it does zero to sixty in four point nine seconds. It's pretty good. It is fast. It is really surprisingly fast. You don't expect to get into this type of vehicle and like look at it (laughs) it looks like the most normal suv you could possibly imagine but then you hit the gas and it just goes and look see there's the polestar trim level hmm yes it's yeah it's kind of ridiculous um but i i'm a big i i think the time has come Driving the Polestar 2 convinced me that my next car will be an EV. It did the trick. Cause I, and I'm very happy with the car that I currently have. I guess I, here I can screen share. I'll show you. Uh, we, we should build your car too, Noah, actually. Um, Oh, well, here was the so this is actually the car that my dad really wants. We drove the Polestar two. He wants a little bit more space. He's waiting for the Audi Q4 e-tron, which uh, actually has about the same range, so somewhere between two fifty and like two eighty mm-hmm. miles of range. Have you found that to be accurate? I, I, you probably haven't driven that much 
but have you found the range to be pretty decent? Yeah, I think the range the range is pretty good. It's interesting because like the the um the gauge uh the virtual cockpit thing has a range estimate but then they recently launched this built-in app called range assistant that provides a different estimate that's apparently supposed to be more accurate but um they like say different numbers which is weird but uh but no the range has been um has been pretty good and then obviously the charging uh we'll talk about uh in a bit as well yeah that's that's the thing that's gonna be a little bit interesting but so here, let me let me build out for you guys because I every time we talk about cars, people ask what my car is. Um, fortunately, I can just build it right here. So uh, mine's a 2021, but they didn't change anything, so it's the same. Um, so it's an A6 Premium Plus in Firmament Blue Metallic, which is actually remarkably similar to the color that your car is, Noah. Hmm. Yeah, it looks, the looks black optic similar. package, the do the black optic package. Look at how much of a difference it makes. That looks good. That looks really good. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's good. For those of you who are listening, imagine a car that got better looking. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what it is. These wheels, I was, I was skeptical about these wheels in in pictures, but they look so good. They really do. Yeah, I like that. I think they're 20 inches. Now, this is... Oh, God. I would never... This is like old man spec interior. <laughs> Mine is black on black. So the... Oh, yeah. This, this like, black open pour wood. Oh, I love it. It's a... I think this is a beautiful interior. I'm not a huge minimalist person. This, I think, strikes a good balance. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like not cluttered but it's not barren yeah and then this i i really wanted this package with these led lights everywhere but they didn't have one in stock and Mm. i got my car back in april no may may 7th and i basically got it right before car prices exploded and I wouldn't have been able to pretty much get anything but I'm happy with it it's it's peppy enough um it, it's not 4.5 seconds I'll tell you that it's more like 5.8 so okay. brisk but not you know crazy I, I do really like that instant that instant torque that you get from the electric mm-hmm uh. Wow, people are literally roasting my car. Oh, my God. <laughs> I think it looks nice. I think it looks cool. I mean, come on. Boomer interior? <laughs> Bro, I have three screens. There's three screens. Oh, it is, it's a really comfortable... Um, the suspension is crazy. As Jay here said, the wood trim is timeless. It's really nice. I, I don't know. I've never been, like, a loud interior person. I like a restrained car that has some grunt. And the one thing that is really hard to look past is when I fill up a tank, if I drive on the highway, because um, it is actually a mild hybrid, 
Um, so it has a 48 volt electric system. It doesn't. It's not enough to drive the wheels, or even. It you don't really feel it being a hybrid. It's just sort of a little assist. Adds a little extra horsepower, a little extra torque, mm-hmm. um, which you definitely feel accelerating. But you know, it doesn't. It doesn't do anything too crazy. But on the highway, I do get 38 miles to the gallon, which is pretty good. And it has a pretty sizable fuel tank. So with highway driving, I can go about 750 miles on a tank. That's, yeah, that's pretty nice. That is going to, I'm going to miss that when I go to the EV, which, by the way, let me show you, Noah. I don't know if I've even shown you this before. The car that I want is the electric version of my car, the A6 e-tron. Mm. This is what it looks like. like now, that. it's a concept now, but the concept, they did the same thing with a couple other concepts, and it's literally like identical. The only thing that would be different is these like door mirrors that are cameras because U.S. regulation doesn't allow that. Headlights might be a little thicker, and then they have invisible door handles, which we probably won't have. Other than that, this is what it's going to look like. And it looks unbelievably cool. Yeah. I love it. The headlights are, are OLED. Interesting. So I don't know if you can see there's little triangles in there. You can make your own daytime running light pattern. That's cool. Same thing with the taillights. Let me see if I can find a picture of the back. Yeah. See, the taillights have that whole bar across it. Mm-hmm. Ugh. This... Dude, this car. This is this is what I want. That's gonna be my next car. And range around four hundred miles. Look at that. See, uh, it's funny because a lot of people, a lot of people are talking about like. I try to get something more reliable. Here's the thing, folks. It's a lease and maintenance is included. So, besides the fact that Audis, especially the A6, are quite reliable, actually. I don't have to pay for maintenance, so it's fine by me. Yeah. Um, and I guess the the Polestar, you probably won't have any issues. But yeah, talk about talk about charging. Talk about range. I want to hear your experiences. Yeah. So obviously, um, I've only had it for you know two and a half weeks. The longest, the longest that I've done. The longest trip that I've done was, I want to say it was somewhere in like the 60 to 80 mile range. I don't remember exactly how long it was, but uh, but my roommate and I drove to um, drove somewhere and it was maybe like an hour each way or a little more. Uh, but anyways, as far as the charging, um, one and someone asked, you know, why did I get the Polestar and what other cars did I consider? And I will answer that. But one of the reasons why I got um, the, why I wanted an electric car specifically was because um First of all, my work has uh, free charging, uh, so like all the buildings uh, have like uh, uh, chargers in front of them, and you know you can just go there and charge them for free. And then the other thing was gas mm-hmm. out here is like really expensive; like it's near five dollars a gallon, which is oh, it's in the it's at least it's it's always more than four fifty. Sometimes I've seen it get up to five dollars a gallon. Is that for regular or premium gas? The first one on the on the list, and then it gets higher. It gets into the mid fives. So for that's like the, for, yeah. 
Yeah, it's usually oh my like God. in like like around four eighty a gallon for like the like eighty nine or like the regular one, and then it gets up into like the wow. fives. Yeah, it's crazy. So, oh wait, uh, I'm sorry, but I've I've made a terrible mistake. I should have bought a Lamborghini <laughs> Aventador. How much does that cost? Oh, new or used. I, I either way. Know. Upwards of 150,000, 200,000, 300, yeah. 400, 500. Yeah. I mean, I, I cross shopped it, you know? I was like, I either got to get a Tesla Model 3, uh, an Audi A6, or a Lamborghini Aventador. By the way, I should mention the way I got uh, the A6 was I was looking at an A4, and then I looked at a CLA, and then those dealers were sort of uh, competing with each other. And so I asked the Audi guy, like, hey, can we get into an a6 for this and they said yes and i said okie dokie here we go it's <laughs> it's a really nice and comfortable car the lane keep have you have you tried the uh, cruise control in your polestar 2 uh, have you yeah. how, how, how has it been it's very good it has it's the radar cruise control it has the lane keep uh which is it's really cool because on the highway it can basically drive itself like it'll stay mm -hmm. in the lane and do turns and everything. The annoying thing is that it has to detect your hands and it's like after like 10 seconds, yeah. it starts beeping at you. But like, it doesn't, I feel like that that's obviously a software thing, but like what I've tried, like it'll steer for you on the highway. No problem. Oh, same. I did. I mean, I just drove 130 miles uh, back from Pennsylvania today and sitting on 95 for about, 85 miles i had cruise control going and it basically drove itself mm -hmm. the whole way uh every once in a while if there's a left exit i don't know if you've noticed this but most cars um with the radar cruise and the lane keep especially are i think ours are basically about the same Mo the, the, the systems perform pretty similar mm -hmm. where you know you engage it and it feels like your wheel kind of locks into place feels like it kind of goes chunk yeah. into the lane. Yeah. It's like yeah. really it's very solid, very stable. It doesn't go like twitching around mm -hmm. or bouncing off the white lines like some cars do. It's pretty centered. Yeah. And it follows curves. Um like if there's a curve in the road, it doesn't feel like it's going straight until it sees the curve and then it goes. It sort mm -hmm. of naturally goes with it. Yeah. The one thing that will trip it up is if there's a left exit the cars sold in the U.S. are programmed to follow the left line more than the right line because mm. the manufacturers know that if you're on the highway, there's a decent chance that the lane marker might disappear for a while as an exit comes out, and that's usually on the right side. So it's it'll usually ignore those, but if the exit's on the left, then it'll try to drive down the exit sometimes. And that I'll have to, sense. like, correct it over. I don't know if you've experienced that yet. I haven't. Uh, I haven't done too much highway driving uh, with the car, to be honest. I have not experienced that mm. yet. I will be curious to see. I know with the right exits, it's it's fine, but I haven't tried it with the left exit. Yeah, that's the one thing that they could uh, do a little bit better on to be more in line with Tesla. But I don't know. I mean, I guess... I'm surprised I haven't seen as much people in the chat saying like, oh, dude, you guys should have got Teslas. 
I mean, first of all, even if we wanted Tesla's, what was the delivery that you were looking at on a Model Y? The more expensive one was like March, and then the less expensive one was like June or July. Yeah, the the performance was the earlier one. The mm-hmm. long range was like July, I think. Yep. And in fact, here let me let's see what it is now. I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's slipped even further back. So even if we had wanted one, it wasn't really gonna be feasible. So yeah, July 2022 is what they're still saying for the long range performance. It's still saying March though. I guess that's pretty. Con- I guess that's pretty convenient, but it's expensive. It really is, and I mean the lease. The lease prices that we're both paying, I think, are pretty reasonable. But oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Darren wants you to go back to charging. How has that been? Yes. So, um, okay. So as I was was saying, uh, one of the reasons why I picked the Polestar or why I wanted an electric car was because I could charge at work and gas is super expensive. Uh, But the Polestar actually comes with a two-year plan with Electrify America, which is one of the, like, you know, charging networks uh, out Mm -hmm. there. And so it's the largest. Yeah. Yeah. They're the largest or one. I don't know. But um, but they have a bunch of them. You know, I'm out in the Bay Area. So there's, you know, a bunch of them uh, around here. And uh, and so it's it's a two year plan and you get unlimited free 30 minute charge sessions. So you can you pull up to the thing, uh, you can charge for 30 minutes and then there's like a 45 minute to an hour cool down before you can get your next, you know, 30 minutes of charge and the uh, the charging. So the charger at my at the offices at all the office buildings is really slow. It's like I know there's like level two charging and like level one or I don't know which one it is, but it's very very slow. It's the kind of thing where you know if you sh- if you drove there in the morning and plugged it in and then you left you know in the afternoon or the evening you know you get some good charge. Or since I live so close to the office, I could just go there like on the weekend and drop my car off and let it charge whatever. Um, but the, the Electrify America chargers are very fast, and the charging mm. depends heavily – first of all, it depends heavily on how uh, much charge is in the battery. So when the charge in the battery is low, it charges very, very fast, and then the more charge gets into the battery, the slower it charges. And once you get to in the 70 or 80%, it will charge very slowly through that charger up the rest of the way. That makes sense. Makes Probably, sense. And, and didn't they recommend you not even bother charging above like ninety percent? Yeah, they recommend. Some people say eighty. Polestar officially recommends ninety percent. Um, but once you get to like around like seventy, eighty percent, it will start to charge very slowly. But you know, honestly, at that point, and you know, you can make the argument like they say two hundred fifty miles of range. But if you're not charging all the way up, you're not getting all of that range. But um, exactly. But, you know, uh, it's, That's true. it is a trade-off, but, uh, yeah. It seems like electric cars are, I mean, 250 miles of range, I think is where I would w- have to be for usable daily driving. Mm-hmm. The thing that I would want. So the, the reason that I didn't buy an electric car right now is two main ones. Reason number one, I live in a building with no electric car charging ability. So I would rely on charging networks for all charging. And mm-hmm. 
that isn't the most convenient thing realistically. Even if I could just have, you know, a 240 volt or even a household outlet and be able to trickle charge, you know, if I, I don't drive a ton of miles, my lease is 10,000 miles a year. I think yours is too, right? Mine, I went for the lower one. It's like 7,500. 7,500? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, yeah, so, you know, we don't drive a ton. I'd probably be okay trickle charging at home. Do you have a trickle charger p- plugged in at home? I don't. I haven't uh, oh. I haven't done that yet. You should, though. You have a garage. I could do it, but I don't know. Like, I literally live a mile from, like, a bunch of office buildings, so it's not as much whereas like i feel like you know if you're more in the city and i don't even know where the nearest charger is for you but like for me it's really really i have no idea yeah i think i think i would probably so the thing that i would want um well i i can't charge here that was one reason Mm -hmm. the bigger reason is i'm a i like sedans i like kind of sleeper like luxurious sedans i'm not a super like sporty guy but i like a a luxury sedan that has some oomph the polestar 3 is good it wasn't out last may mm-hmm. when i was getting a car so that wasn't an option a model 3 i just think is overdone i think there's so many of them for the money that you're paying there they kind of are the corolla of the ev world they're kind of everywhere i don't really particularly like like the look of it i think it looks like a dumpling from the rear so i wasn't going to get a model three um and that was just i i've just i'm not i'm just not going to do it um what what the reason that i'm waiting is you're about to make a really good pun though oh say you're about to say what drove you oh yeah i don't want to miss out on that that was good thank you for catching that yeah um yeah so i just i wanted something more unique than a tesla and i'm like you know what the the ev landscape for what i want isn't there right now i got a good deal on an a6 which is very comfortable and very it's by far and away the nicest car i've ever owned so i'm very happy with that for three years or two years and nine months because then i'll do a lease pull ahead and that lines up perfectly with with when audi is coming out with a lot of other evs that i'll then be able to get with a loyalty discount you see that i thought it all through that's pretty good um but 350 miles of range was what i was looking for mm-hmm. because for most things day to day real like i don't drive 200 miles a day i don't uh, there's very few trips that i take where i would even use up 250 miles of range you know mm. a full charge right that, tr- that that's not the concern for me the concern is if i go somewhere and can't charge there and i want to come back mm-hmm. that's the concern for me that's totally fair and i feel like in the on the west coast that's probably less of an issue than the east coast yeah I would say. Um, especially with cities. Uh, I've got a family friend who they they moved to a Model 3 from Philly. So 130 miles from Philly to D.C. is super easy on a Model 3. They have like 300 miles of range or whatever. Mm-hmm. So they came down on almost a full charge, drove around, go back to the hotel at night, 
all the charges are full. They can't charge up overnight. Hmm. Wake up in the morning and now your whole schedule is thrown off because they didn't have enough to get back. And so hmm. then it was like, okay, do we go get lunch? We got to find lunch where there's a charging point. Uh, or we have to stop at a service center on the way back. Where's a supercharger? It's 30 minutes out of the way. Those are the little gripes that I would be a little bit concerned about. That's totally, totally understandable. For me personally, I don't drive a ton. And when I'm mm -hmm. driving around here, like realistically, the furthest that I would go with like San Francisco is like 30 something miles, let's say like 40 miles away uh, from me. And like, obviously there's charging options there, but like even just, you know, 40 miles there, 40 miles back, totally fine. Or other, you know, exploring yeah. some other areas to, to, you know, I'm looking forward to exploring some areas for biking, but uh, you know, going, uh, you know, for me personally, the range wasn't the, the biggest factor, but I could totally understand like for some other people would be. Yeah. And I mean, even for me, realistically, it's not that big a deal. I, the longest I usually drive is up to visit home, which mm -hmm. is about 130 miles. So yeah, I think it's not going to be the biggest deal, but I just wasn't quite ready yet. The availability wasn't quite there. 2021 is so expensive. I mean, my goodness, I went on, um, my dealer's website because my dad was looking at at evs and they kept he kept getting insane prices for for lease or like there's there's no incentives right now the, the, right now people are are asking a thousand dollars a month for my car that's 30 percent more than what i pay for the same car or no that's not 30 percent more than i pay 700 and now they're going for a thousand like it's a nice car, and I think at seven hundred a month with you know all of the maintenance and oil changes, all that stuff in there with taxes included, and you know out the door everything done, no money down. I'm happy with that. A thousand dollars before tax, before maintenance, you're talking about almost twelve hundred. Mm -hmm. That's ridiculous. That is yeah. literally insane. And you'd be paying at that point $36,000 on the car to own it for three years. That's stupid. That is a lot. And before we wrap up, I know that we're over time. Yeah. I don't think anyone is necessarily going to complain about that, but we want to wrap up here yeah. soon. So I'll just say a couple of things very briefly. Um, as far as the charging goes, so I have the you know th unlimited thirty minute uh, charge times, and if I'll show up there with low battery, let's say somewhere you know twenty percent or even lower, it'll charge. I don't know, probably about a percent a minute, so I can get it you know up a solid thirty, maybe thirty forty percent more, uh, whatever, and that's enough. It's enough for me to to you know get back the rest of the way and whatever, but eventually you know I'll go out and do uh, another charge, but that is thirty minutes that I'm waiting. And, uh, you know, mm. one time when I did it, I was with my roommate and we just walked around like the little shopping area that we were, that we ended up stopping at. Uh, one time I did it and there's, um, the, 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 uh, screen, the thing has built in LTE and it's like unlimited data and they just put a web browser oh. in it. So you can go on like YouTube or whatever and just like watch <laughs> a video. It's not, it's not a good aspect ratio, 
uh, for like a yeah, video. Yeah, it's quite a tall screen. But like I just sat in there, like you could watch a video or listen to music or you know whatever. So it does take up uh, some of your time. But you know you just mm. sit in the car and obviously the car is running and the climate's running and and everything's running. So um, so it's yeah. not as convenient as gas, but it's uh, but uh, you know I don't think it's too bad. Yeah, you know I guess that's I guess that is why you would want to do uh, that's probably the more compelling reason to want more range it's not necessarily to go further but to charge less often right eh? yeah because or... theoretically and actually wait here's a question that i have for you this is a big mm -hmm. one okay so like if we're talking about 350 miles of range i've got a full battery in my ev mm -hmm. and i'm just vibing right i'm not let's say i only drive maybe 10 miles a day Mm -hmm. how much juice am i losing if i'm just if i just park the car and leave it how much does the battery drain on its own from what i can tell it's very little it's i think it's pretty much negligible because when you lock the car and by the way one of the cool things is like you don't turn the car on or off you just get out you uh hit the the thing and then it just mm -hmm. locks and it's just and it's off or you like you open the car and it's on like you don't turn it on or off i think that's pretty cool it's trippy yeah but it's um weird. my car actually um, my car you have to turn on but you can do that to turn it you can just get out and it turns off i don't like it it scares me <laughs> i mean it's it it's like it if, when you get out like the car stays on but then after 30 seconds it just powers off and mm -hmm. locks the doors so you can just pull up, park, get out. But I don't. I'm not. I can't do that. I'm not used to that. I like a button. I'm like, eh, off, eh, on. Yeah, that's that's true. Because like when I was <laughs> test driving the car and I was like at the end, I was like, okay, how do I like turn the car off? And he was like, oh no, you don't turn it off. You just you, you get out and you lock it, and, and it. It makes you know, sense. It never turns it, it off. Yeah, there's it no need. Like, yeah, it goes into like super low power mode to. Um, it's like airport, whatever. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, but, but okay, to answer your question from what I noticed, um, yeah. it's pretty much uh, negligible when it's just sitting around. I'm not, don't take that as, as fact, but I haven't ever gotten in and been like, wait, this is like way lower, maybe a percent, but I, I don't think I've ever noticed it. Um, and it might be different here in the cold, though. I feel like, because don't, doesn't it run the, uh, the climate control to stay where i know teslas if you leave them out in the summer in a couple hours like if you leave it for a day it'll chew through a battery because it runs the ac to keep the internal temperatures down that's interesting first of all obviously not going to be as cold here as over there the temperatures these days well that's true garage. that is true these days it's been uh like lows in the mid 40s and highs in the mid 60s which has been very nice but um in the in the app you can turn the climate control on and off uh i'm not sure if it does it on its own like you said but it, it might i honestly don't mm -hmm. know oh man we should we should probably end this show we've yeah. gone a little bit over that's all oh right. well that's some bonus content for free <laughs> i mean all of it's for free but this is also for free <laughs> yeah oh man we have not um we have not monetized this in any way <laughs> this podcast has made us i mean every time we get a super chat i don't know we've we've made a little bit 
Today we made about three dollars after that'll, YouTube takes their cut. So that's that'll go good. to our uh, into our leases, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for contributing to our lease payments. Um, yeah. We'll split it a dollar seventy-five. That'll that'll that'll, that'll make a dent right there. But thank you guys so much for joining us. I have been your host, Luke Miani. And I've been your host, Noah Rubin. Have a great night.